Hello, everyone, and we're back with Marvel Fridays, I guess. Uh, Loki episode two and three. I am enjoying this show a bunch. So I have a bunch of notes. Um, hopefully I can get to all of them. But I'll, I'll try not to spend too much time on, on episode two. Episode three just came. Episode three just came out on Wednesday, so that's kind of my primary focus. But episode two, there are definitely some things that I want to discuss in the episode, in episode two. So a couple of huge comments and questions that I have for episode two. Number one being, in the beginning, when the TVA goes to try and intercept the variant Loki, uh, we get a montage of the TVA not a montage, but a fight scene of the TVA, uh, one of their soldiers getting enchanted or uh, charmed, whatever you want to call it, by the variant Loki. That's like her power. Loki has um, the like teleport, not teleport, but he can do like project illusions and warp realities. Uh, he can project himself and project illusions. That's like his shtick. Uh, this time variant Loki Pretty much has the power of the Mind Stone, um, which Loki does not have without his scepter. So he's very curious as to how she can do that. But basically, she takes control over one TVA agent, and they start fighting. And while they fight, we get a holding out for a hero by, I think it's Bonnie Tyler, right? Um, that song starts playing while we have this fight scene. And I just thought it was really funny because in Ragnarok, which they also make a reference to, I believe... In this, in, in this episode, uh, in Ragnarok, the final fight scene between Hela, Thor, Loki, and uh, Valkyrie, there's a remix on YouTube that instead of having Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin playing, which was the original song in the movie, they dub over it, holding out for a hero. And I really, really like it. I actually thought it was kind of better in the moment it just it felt like cooler the the moments synced up better with the music and it was it was really well done so for them to do this i i wonder if that's like a because uh, that that video went viral on youtube and stuff like it had millions of views uh, and it was really cool so i'm wondering if that was like a little nod to that funny video where someone dubbed over it like that um and made it holding out for a hero instead of immigrant song uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Marvel does stuff like that sometimes, so I wouldn't be surprised if they did. I feel like out of all the songs you could have picked, or all of the, even like the original uh, music that you could have used to pick that song during that scene, I thought was really interesting. So that was just something that I noticed. Um, but basically, Loki tries to outsmart and outtalk Mor uh, Mobius, which. He doesn't, obviously Mobius says, you know, my ears are sharp too, after Loki gives him this whole spiel. Uh, and after this encounter, or lack of encounter, I guess, because the TVA and Mobius and Loki get there too late, we get to see what the reset charges do. So originally, I kind of thought the reset charges obliterated that timeline. But basically, what they do is they take the moment that they reset everything to before the 
uh, Nexus event or the variant occurred. And we see when they activate, it kind of just spreads out through the, the, the given area and resets everything. So things that aren't supposed to be where they're, they are because of the variant get pretty much disappear. And I guess they would go back to where they were. Uh, so it was cool to see exactly how the reset charges worked because that definitely was a question of mine. I wasn't entirely sure what their uh, functionality was. But them showing us that moment was uh, very helpful, in my opinion. And the three more things that I want to mention in episode two, of course, are my biggest question that was posed through this episode. Are the timekeepers even real? Uh, Ravona, who is the she was the judge that was listening to Loki before Mobius showed up to kind of take him for himself. Mobius and Ravona are talking and uh, they're small chatter about the mission and, and all that kind of stuff. Why they, you know, he should keep Loki around because she wants to get rid of him and just be done with it. He's like, no, I need him to catch this variant. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. And she mentions like the timekeepers aren't happy. And that they're heavily involved in this case. And Mobius is like kind of surprised by this because he was, you know, joking that they were kind of sitting back twiddling their thumbs. Um, I thought that was interesting. So basically, there are two trains of thoughts for this, of course. Uh, she's either telling the truth and they are heavily involved in this specific Loki and like what he brings to the table, blah, blah, blah. Or that is just like a complete fabrication, over-exaggeration, whatever. And these guys are either long dead, even if they existed at all, or they never existed to begin with. Uh, my thought is one of those two. They're either... They've either been dead for like centuries and centuries or they never existed to begin with. So I'm curious to see if we ever get and Loki's whole thing when he finds out that it's a possibility that he could maybe come face to face with the timekeepers at some point that really intrigued him. And he tried that's when he tried to like talk his way. Uh, to a meeting with them, and Mobius saw right through where he called out his entire plan, even though Loki said he was 10 steps ahead. Mobius knew exactly what he was doing, because Loki's not that slick when it comes to these guys. So, um, I, that seems to be Loki's big plan, as far as this episode goes, but uh, things change in episode 3, of course. But, for the last couple things here, uh, we find out the variant, they, she's been hiding out, we know it's a she, um, she's been hiding out in apocalyptic places. So she keeps jumping back to a place that is destined to be wiped out. That way she doesn't create a nexus event when she is hopping through the timeline. Pretty smart, pretty cool little tidbit. They, uh, Loki finds this out when he's reading through files about Ragnarok, actually. And he explains... Like, if he goes to Ragnarok and he pushes Thor off the Rainbow Bridge or he goes and, you know, does something stupid or it kills Heimdall or something like that, whatever, uh, nothing happens because Asgard is destined to be destroyed. So that's why they're not able to find a variant. And they test it out in Pompeii. They go to Pompeii. Loki stomps around. 
screaming he's part of the TVA, he's from the future, blah, 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 and nothing happens, and then the volcano explodes. <laughs> so uh, that's how they find that out, which I thought was really interesting. And the last bit we have uh, about Loki coming face-to-face -face with the variant Loki. We get a reveal. It's a female Loki, Lady Loki, not actually Lady Loki from the comics, but it's just a female Loki whose powers differentiate from our Loki. I mentioned that she has enchantment powers and she can't really do the, the same kind of magic Loki can. And what I thought was interesting that the TVA mentioned was that there have been a Loki variants are very, very popular. They pop up a lot, each one different from the last. So, our Loki is like our Loki, right? We know him to be the main timeline Loki. But these different variants are kind of interesting. I really don't understand this much now that I'm talking about it out loud, is that how are all these different variant Lokis in different... Are there... If there's one main timeline, how have these Lokis come about? Is my question. Um, but is there, I guess there is a multiverse, but different, I guess? I have no idea. Um, they might have explained it, but it might have went over my head. But episode two ends with Lady Loki, whose name is uh, Sylvie, because she hates going by Loki, apparently. Um, but her name's Sylvie. So Sylvie bombs the timeline and the TVA starts freaking out and I was close. I was close. I said she was gathering all of these uh, reset charges to bomb the main timeline and kind of blow it up. And I kind of thought it was going to be more like apocalyptic scale than that. But basically she does. She bombs the timeline. And she sabotages it. All of these charges, she has at least 100 plus charges set through this Roxxon uh, supermarket during this like apocalyptic, apocalyptic tornado or hurricane. And they all go off at the same time and then they disappear. So they don't go off, but they get charged and then they disappear into those uh, like teleport doors. Not sure where they go exactly, but... When they all disappear, we cut to the TVA and we see that all of these t different variant Nexus events occur simultaneously and they declare it a code 000, which I guess is like doomsday scenario. Uh, but all these timelines start popping up and then Loki, uh, after Sylvie leaves, the door remains open for him. I don't know if it was done intentionally. I assume it was done intentionally by her. And he would have to make a choice, either side with Mobius or go after her and see what she's about. He decides to go after her. And you could see he's a little conflicted because I think he, uh, he has befriended Mobius a tad just because he doesn't seem to get a leg up on them at all. So he's kind of helpless, really. But they did have like some bonding moments when they're trying to find... Sylvie, where she's hiding out, all that kind of stuff. They, they did bond a little bit, it seemed like. And, uh, but, you know, with Loki, we never know when he's being sincere, when he's being devilish, whatever. But he does give more, well more than a brief moments of hesitation. Like, he stands there for a, a few seconds before deciding, 
to go after Sylvie. Eventually he does, he gets away, and he meets up with uh, Sylvie, ends up teleporting herself back to the TVA. And now we're getting into episode three. So, episode three obviously just came out Wednesday. Bit of a cliffhanger at the end. Um, not really sure how they're getting out of the situation, but let's work our way up to that. So Sylvie, we don't really know her plan. She hasn't said anything. Her and Loki talked very briefly in the supermarket. Um, but when we catch back up with her, she's storming the TVA. And I would assume she is going after Ravona. Or she wants to kill the timekeepers, perhaps. Because Loki offers her, uh, you know, to be his quote-unquote lieutenant, which she kind of laughs at. But he wants to overthrow the uh, timekeepers and take control of the TVA. And she's like, I want no part of the timekeepers or whatever. So when we meet up with her in the TVA and she's killing all of these uh, TVA agents or bodyguards, whatever you want to call them, uh, I'm not really, we're not really sure what her plan is. She's just kind of storming the building. And she seems to be heading towards one door and she gets there. It feels like she gets to where she wanted to go. And then Loki shows up and is like, hey, and they fight a little bit. And uh, and by the time their uh, fight comes to a draw, the TVA, Mobius and them catch up with them. And Loki takes one of the teleported things and just hits a random button and teleports him and Sylvie to, I forget what the planet's name is, but it's an apocalyptic event where a planet crashes into a moon. And there's all these, like, little meteors shooting down from the sky. She calls him an idiot. She's like, we're dead. Like, we can't get out of here. She tries to teleport out. And apparently, the TVA's teleportation device has a battery. <laughs> so they can't teleport out because it's on low battery, and they're not going to be able to get out of there. And the rest of the episode ensues with them kind of bonding a little bit. Uh, they bond over Frigga, their mother, um, the magic that she taught them. Sylvie confesses that she ha- was, she always knew and was told from a very early age that she was adopted. Loki's like, wow, you're lucky. They never told me. I had to find out when I was older. Caused all these problems, blah, blah, blah. And then we get um, kind of a passing moment but confirmation that Loki is bisexual which I guess I mean pansexual I feel like would be more of a uh proper description but basically they they say you know bisexual because uh Sylvie asks you know about relationships and and they start talking about love and they get a little bit deep and she you know mentions do you have any girlfriend? I'm like, or uh, she says, I'm sure you've had your fair share of girlfriends or boyfriends. Uh, a little bit of both, I presume. And he's, and he's like, yeah, you know, uh, I assume the same goes. For, he's like, yeah, I have. I assume the same goes for you. And that's loosely what they said. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. But it, it was a, a passing moment when they were talking about relationships and love. But it does confirm that Loki is not a heterosexual man, which, again, makes sense. He's a Norse god. So in real Norse Norse mythology, Loki has multiple children, and they're all like beast-like creatures because 
it basically, um, so three children with Angrabathra. I don't know if uh, Angrabatha, I don't know if I said that right, but it's a giant snake. It's from Jotun. Um, there's Jormungandr, who is an enormous world snake. Uh, Hell, which is, you know, Hell. That's more of a, she's kind of human, but uh, they're all giants, pretty much. And uh, Fenrir, which we actually got a glimpse of. Fenrir is the wolf, the giant wolf that uh, Hela takes in Ragnarok. That is essentially what one of Loki's children, not in the MCU, but in actual Norse mythology. So, you know, Loki's banging things that aren't even human in our, by our standards. Uh, it, it doesn't really matter if he's bi or pansexual. Like, his sexual orientation doesn't matter. He is not, uh, he's not a human being. So, it, it's like, it's not really, you know, if you get upset about it, like, oh, why did they have to make Loki bisexual? That's not the point. First of all, you're an idiot. Second of all, it's not the point. You know, he's not a, a normal human being. He's a, a Norse god. And we understand through the MCU and, and their universe, yeah, he kind of abides by human standards, essentially, but he's just a little stronger. But in just actual Norse mythology, if you take that into account even a little bit, you can see that he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have relationships with humans. It, it, they're all giants and uh, from Jotun and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it was a passing moment in the show, but it was very interesting nonetheless that they official, officially uh, canonized that. And also, for what it's worth, I still don't know if this is just for our Loki or just because there are so many different variations of Loki that the TVA listed it as such. But again, I talked about it in episode one, I think, um, when the TV, they show Loki's file with the TVA under gender, it does say fluid. And like I said, I'm not sure if that's because Loki is just, he's gender fluid and he, he's, he, cause he's a Norse God and you know, they don't abide by any of that. But, or if it's because uh, the the TVA, there are so many like Lokis that they've dealt with that they just put it as fluid. Either way, doesn't really matter a whole lot. Loki is never going to be in a relationship in the MCU and he's not going to be, you know, banging animal like giants uh, in the MCU. Like they're not going to go that far into Norse mythology, but it, it was interesting for them to have that, of course. So then we get Loki dancing and singing around and uh, causing a whole big fuss, having fun. And we see this old man kind of sneak off to the, the back entrance. Sylvie takes notice and we get a Thor 1 reference. Uh, back in Thor 1, after Thor had his first drink on Earth, he was like, this is fantastic. I'll have another and smashes the glass and everyone like looks at him. And he says, you know, on Asgard, that is a, a, a good thing when he smashes the glass and he has another. And then we get Loki doing the same thing all these years later. Finishes his drink on the train. He says, another! And he smashes the bottle on the ground. So I thought that was pretty funny and a nice little uh, callback. 
But this dude who ended up sneaking to towards uh, off to another part of the train comes back with these uh, enforcers and these agents that they're on the train. And I, I, I skipped over the part of how they got onto the train. Basically, they found out that there's this uh, evacuation shuttle and this train leads them there. It's called the Ark. And this train leads them there and you have to get on the train with a ticket, but they use magic and kind of just con their way onto the train. Not really that big of a deal. Um, but all these guys comes back with all these bodyguards. They ask for the tickets. Obviously, they don't have any. So Sylvie and Loki end up fighting, but then inevitably get thrown off of the train and have to walk the rest of the way to the city where the Ark is taking off. Um, during this time, we find out something very important, probably the most important part of the entire episode, and that is variants are all people plucked from different points in time, and then their memory is erased so that the only thing they think is that they are, they have been born with the purpose of serving the, the timekeepers and the TVA which is not the case, and that is what Loki was told, and that is what Mobius has told us. So suddenly, all of that becomes unreliable. And just to reiterate, Mobius and the, the, the videos that Loki watched and, and everything, the infomercials that we get and all that bullshit, have told us that the Timekeepers and the TVA have... The TVA has existed for as long as the Timekeepers have made the sacred timeline. They made the sacred timeline and then created the TVA to keep the sacred timeline intact. That is what we have been told. They were created for that purpose. This is no longer the case. Turns out that's a complete lie. And we know this because Sylvie, who apparently knew this all along, um, but she, when, is, when she's describing her magic to Loki, she tries to enchant him, didn't work on him. And he was like, are you trying to enchant me? Whatever. She explains how her magic works, as does Loki, but that's not important right now. Um, and she pretty much, on the weaker minds, you know, she can go in there and it's like she is, she just starts piloting their minds and they can do whatever, she can do whatever she wants in there. But for the stronger minds, it's like they're there with her. So she has to trick them by using old memories and, and familiar faces to try and uh, squeeze information out of them. So for this TVA agent that she captured in episode two, we learn that she's trying to find out how to infiltrate the TVA, where are the timekeepers, how do I get to the timekeepers. And the only tidbit of information that she ends up getting is that the elevators are gold which she has a smile on her face and she, I guess that's important information to her. But she's describing, you know, that, that person, that TVA agent, her memories were very messed up and very strong. So she had to, you know, uh, convince her that they were friends. And we see that when we get a glimpse inside the illusion that she's casting in her mind it's like they're two friends sitting to dinner and she keeps asking her and she's like wait what wait what wait what she gets confused because she has a strong mind and she knows that something's not right and then eventually you know sylvie leaves but she gets a bit of that bit of information about the elevators so loki's like wait what they're all like humans and she's like yeah of course they get 
you know, plucked from various points in time. It seems like they're all humans, first of all. Uh, I haven't seen a TVA agent that isn't human, so I guess that's just the way it is. I, I guess there, it has nothing to do with anyone else. The, all of these TVA agents, for one reason or another, which I'm sure we'll find out why, all of these TVA agents are humans and they are plucked from the timeline from various points in time and they are what make up the TVA and they don't know it. Obviously, they have no recolle recollection of their past life or any memories or anything like that. Um, it is still in there in their subconscious because Sylvie obviously uses their memories against them to trick them into giving her information and doing what she wants. However, they are not, they're in their subconscious, very, very deep suppressed in their mind. Um, but it does seem like Sylvie says after she's done enchanting people and she releases them, they usually live. So this girl that she's been kind of, I guess, torturing in a way to get information out of her, this TVA agent, she is shook. Like she's very messed up, clearly traumatized from the whole brainwashing or brain entry thing. Um, and another one who I'd like to see, which we haven't had any indication so far, is um, the woman, the black woman who is in charge of the TVA, or at least their ground forces, because Mobius is like a suit and tie kind of guy, but she's like boots on the ground, armored up, leading the TVA. The one that we originally meet who bops Loki in the face and, and makes him slow down. She gets uh, brainwashed, not brainwashed, enchanted by Sylvie and then released and then she wakes up and she seems a bit fuzzy at first. I would like to see if I, I wonder if anything comes back to her, if her memories from her time before the TVA come flooding back to her and make her even more confused um, or she just goes back to being the character that she was. So that's probably the most important bit of information that we get in so far. Honestly, it's probably one of the most important pieces of information that we have so far is that the TVA was not, it was not created from the beginning of the sacred timeline by the timekeepers. Uh, this was an organization that was created by someone, but these beings weren't created with this sole purpose. They were plucked and their memories suppressed or erased or one or the other into thinking that this is all they know and this is what they were created for. And Mobius says, it's nice knowing that you have a great purpose. And Loki tries to press him a little bit. And he's like, well, when it's all said and done, what do you do? And he's like, he pretty much gives a Thanos. He's like, I can finally rest, you know, utter peace after the timekeepers decide what the end of time is going to be like. And that's what this show to circle back before we get done with episode three. That's what this show is kind of leaning towards. Free will. You know, Loki mentions it. If the timekeepers know what has been, what is, and what will be, then free will is kind of out the window, is it not? And Mobius says it's like an oversimplification. Not really. So, and Loki asks him, what happens when the timekeepers unravel all the strings of the main, the sacred timeline, and they finally see the end. What happens then? And like I said, Mobius says, well, you know, we get to, we get to relax. Our duty is done. You know, it gives a Thanos. I can finally rest. That is 
what's to me seems to be the main message of the show is even if you know how your story ends, like Loki, he saw how his story ends. Even though you know how your story ends, do you still have free will? Or is there free will? Or is it all just an illusion, which fits nicely with Loki and his illusion magic and free will? It's all very, very, very well done. But that's what this is, is kind of boiling down to, is that these variants and free will and the timeline and, and all this, all this talk about that is what is leaning me towards the fact that the timekeepers aren't real. The timeline is real. But there is no current end of time. Which I think is interesting because we do have a bit where Loki tries to get a bunch of files and um, he asks for the beginning of time, classified, the end of time, classified. And he's like, all right, well, what can I get? And they give him like three files, pretty much. And uh, one of them is about Ragnarok, I think, that I mentioned earlier. Um, but all that talk about free will and the timelines and, you know, they, only the timekeepers know how it ends. And, you know, you had Ravona, Ravana, whatever her name was, talking about how. And you had, you know, Ravona talking about how the, the timekeepers are heavily invested in this variance in Loki, our Loki. So it, it's kind of all signs pointing to the timekeepers not being real and there being a completely different reason as to why all of this exists. Um, I could be totally wrong, obviously, but that's just my gut feeling is that none of, especially because we find out uh, that all of these TVA agents aren't just created for this sole purpose. They're plucked out of different points in time and brainwashed to think all of that. When that was revealed, that I mean, I feel like that definitely helps my hypothesis of the fact that the timekeepers aren't real and there's a different reason for why all of this exists. Um, but at the end of episode three, we get a really cool one shot of Sylvie and Loki trying to, they pretty much fight a bunch of people and fight a crowd to get to this arc so they can make sure it gets off the planet, which would have created a Nexus event if they did that, but it's the only way that they saw fit as to how they were going to get off the planet and survive because they couldn't charge their uh, TVA device to teleport. So that was the only way, and they didn't make it in time. The arc blows up, and Sylvie just kind of turns and walks away in disgust, and Loki's just standing there looking at it, and everyone behind them are in utter shock, like they all know they're going to die. And then the episode ends, which I thought was really interesting. So now we have like a little bit of a cliffhanger here going into next week in episode four. How do Sylvie and Loki get off this moon that is destined to be destroyed in like five minutes? Uh, best guess, plot armor like the TVA is able to track them down just in time and, and scoops them up. And they all, they both, both of them get taken back with Mobius to the TVA. And they have to answer for their uh, crimes, I, I guess, if you want to call them that. That's my best guess. I can't really see any other scenario and where they get out of that alive other than the TVA coming in to intervene. But I am uh, overall enjoying this show a lot. Um, I think it's better than Falcon and Winter Soldier. Falcon and Winter Soldier was probably the weakest, and I think we kind of knew that was going to be a thing coming in. 
Um, generally speaking, Falcon and Winter Soldier was a buddy cop type of TV show. Um, nothing like super strong, like Super Soldiers were the strongest thing. It was very boots to the ground, uh, buddy cop vibes. I really liked it, but as far as the overall storytelling goes, I think WandaVision and Loki are better because they introduce things that are new. Falcon Winter Soldier is more of the same. Obviously, you get great character development with Falcon and Zemo and uh, John Walker. Bucky doesn't really have too much character development in that show, but his arc for his crimes against as the Winter Soldier, that whole thing and how he regrets all of it and it haunts him, that all, that all wraps up nicely. So that's good for him. But in terms of introducing things to us, it's more of the same in Falcon and Winter Soldier. WandaVision, we get an expansion of Scarlet Witch. We have great character development with her and Vision, and the whole reality-bending aspect of her powers is introduced. And then in this, we get a whole new division of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that we didn't have before, the TVA. And also, we get to see Loki be Loki. So, for that reason, those two shows are already ahead of Falcon and Winter Soldier for me. But uh, we got three episodes left. Four, five, and six. And I'm very interested to see how this all wraps up. Um, episode four is on Wednesday. So we'll be back next week on Friday. Just like today. I know today was a late up upload. Um, but life happens. So enjoy your weekend. Uh, next week, almost July. Next week's 4th of July weekend. Wow. All right. So thank you all for listening. All my Marvel fans, appreciate it. And regularly scheduled episode on Wednesday, Loki episode four on Friday. Talk to you guys then.